on Monday night, there was about 20, uh, 20% of the women were missing. So I was anticipating that maybe uh, some people would be AWOL, AWOL, because the topic was be brave. And, you know, sometimes we think, I don't want to. I'm afraid to be brave, right? I I don't want to be brave because if I am brave, then I'm going to have to face something that it takes bravery to face, right? Right. So so they were AWOL and missing in action. So, um, yeah. So I'm going to start with a little bit, uh, a little child story that probably you heard when you were growing up. Uh, It's interesting, some of the children's nursery rhymes and child stories have great morals, but some of them are kind of crazy, crazy, like London bridges falling down. Like what, 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 the, the little red riding hood, the wolf ate her grandma and put on grandma's clothes. Why would you tell that story to your children? That is definitely amping the fear factor, right? We don't want to do that. Well, I absolutely loved, as a child, three little pigs. So when my grandchild was about maybe three, I said, uh, baby, i got a story to tell you. It's of three little pigs. And you know the story. Uh, the big bad wolf. Uh, was coming, and so they built their three houses, one of straw, one of sticks, and one of stone. And the big bad wolf came to the first, huffed and puffed, crash, because it was straw. Second, huffed and puffed, crash, it was sticks. Third, he puffed and huffed and could not blow it down. And what is the moral to that story? Don't be stupid. (laughs) Don't be lazy. Build your house with the right stuff on a firm foundation. Who wants to say amen? Who wants to stand up and say amen? Just go ahead and do it because these are fighting words. These are fighting words. Jesus says, Jesus says, not said, he says this morning to each of us, those who come to me and hear my word, and then apply it. They're the ones that are building their house on a firm foundation. And when the storms come, and child of God, the storms come. Don't kid yourself. The storms come. And some of you, some of you have faced some big ones. You have. He said, when the storms come, your house will not fall because it was built on the rock. But the foolish man, the foolish woman is the woman who doesn't come to him. And that's key. You can read your Bible all day long. But if you're not in the presence of God, it's just information. It's not transformation. We need God. We need his truth. We need his way of living. And you apply that not just on one lump psalm. You apply it day by day. So the, this morning I have some pictures, some pictures. I'm a visual person. Show me a picture so I get it. And we have some pictures on the screen, and you have, have one of them. This is Miss Much Afraid. You know, we feel like sometimes if we just pull the covers over our head, we'll be safe. No. 
Uh, the next picture we'll look at is, a, is one of our fears. Fears as women is that we will be alone. That we will be alone. We'll face our world all by ourselves. That's a hard fear. And I would say probably 70% of women feel that way. The last one with the little lines in the middle of the road that we'll look at uh, uh, with girls is standing uh, or sitting stuck. Decisions to make. Which way to go? Should I go straight? This way? That way? What? I'm confused. I don't know where to go. That's a fear that you'll make a wrong mistake. And that's a, it's in some ways a healthy fear because we got to do what it takes to make the right, right decision. We got to trust God and lean not to our own understanding. All our ways acknowledge him and he will what? Direct our paths. So the next pictures we're going to look at is, uh, the, uh, here's a scary spider. Who's so scared, scared of spiders? Not me. I'm so much bigger than them. Really? A spider? But the next picture is my fear factor. My fear factor. It's snakes. Snakes. Oh, my goodness. You know, I was telling the the girls in the sound booth that I can go in the darkest streets, darkest, in the worst neighborhood, to minister to prostitutes and broken women. I can go there and have no fear factor. But give me a snake and I'm a baby. I'm telling you, it's scary. So this morning, we're going to face our fears. We're going to face our fears. We're going to build some bridges and cross over them. Who wants to do that? Three of you raise your hand. No, <laughs> no. we want to build those bridges. We want to cross over those chasms. And then the last picture we'll look up is we're going to look at the fact that, that you just need to do the next right thing. Right? You just need to walk straight, follow the Lord, do the next right straight, right, next right thing. Um, so I'm going to go back. to I, This topic has consumed me. Um, it, it's just really consumed me uh, as I've been thinking about it for really months. And I went back to my childhood and I thought, going back to that first little picture of the girl with her covers right there, uh, I remembered my worst fear as a child was when I went to visit my grandma. She lived a long way away. And so we had only been to her house a couple times by the time I was like six or seven. And my mom put me on a train, not just a bus, on a train, pinned a note to my little jacket and put me on a train to go to grandma's house. You know, and and so I rode this train and I remember distinctly that it was like, (laughs) um, I didn't know, I wasn't old enough to know all the big questions like, when am I going to get off? Like, when am I going to know when I, when, when I get there? None of those questions crossed my brain. But I did wonder what I was going to eat. You know, so um, three ladies on that train opened their lunch boxes and shared lunch with me. So in, that, in my childhood, that's a great memory. <laughs> I had food. I had cookies. I had sandwiches. It was great. And then I, then I arrived. Grandma met me. She was actually smaller than I am. She was a midget. (laughs) I think at seven, I was (laughs) as tall as her almost. And uh, she never owned a car in her life. And she never owned her own house. 
we walked from the train station to her house, and it wasn't, we lived in a neighborhood with like um, average houses. She lived in this great big old house in one of the apartments upstairs. It was just an old house that was divided into apartments. And I remember that first night, uh, again, I didn't know her well. And I was laying in bed the next in the, the room next to her, and, and all of a sudden the fear factor struck. The fear factor. I was terrified, and I lay there like a board for it seemed like hours because my fear factor that came in that big old house was that there was a, a, a creatures creatures under my bed, and if one finger went over the side of the bed, that they would grab my hand and pull me under. And did you guys ever have that fear? I mean, I was terrified. And finally, like after hours, I got all of my courage, jumped out of my bed, ran as fast as I could to Grandma and said, Grandma, Grandma, there's creatures under my bed and they're going to get me. This little woman pounced out of the bed with a steely look in her eye. She opened the cupboard and got the biggest flashlight that I have ever seen in my life. And she went to my bed, flipped over the covers, which made my heart go like that. And she shined the flashlight under it. And she said, look, baby, there's nothing there. And I looked, there's nothing there. So we, went, we spent the next hour going in every closet, every room, going in closets, under things, everywhere. At the end, I remember walking back to my bedroom, and it was like I was walking with Goliath. And that big flashlight was not just a flashlight, it was a weapon. It was a weapon. I think that day was a turning point in my life. And I realized that you can be little and mighty. You can. Because my grandma had faith in God. And she had faith in the light. And you know what? That will give us courage. That will make us brave. And that, that dynamic, it changed my life. It really did. It changed my life. And I don't really remember being totally afraid uh, like that ever again. In fact, I remember uh, a few years ago, maybe five or six years ago, I was in Russia. And some of you know, I used to take big teams of women to minister to the teams over there. And... Um, one, one, one year, and so we would have to rent Greyhound-sized buses to transport our team. And we had to be at the airport um, uh, at a certain time, so the bus driver p- parked. Um, it was snow, the snow was this high, so he didn't park next to our house. We had to walk like two blocks and bring our suitcases to him and load them up. And now we had all this Greyhound bus full of women. There was about 40 of us. And uh, we had now three hours to catch our plane. So he, he started to back up and he got stuck. He backed, did forward and got stuck. And he tried this like 15 times. And he said, we cannot get out of this, this, this snowbank. And I went up to him with the translator. I said, we must, we must. And he said, I cannot get it out. And I, sa- I turned to my girls. I said, we are going to push this bus out of the snow. You know what he said? He looked at me. And he said, you can't. You know what I said? Watch us. Watch us. And we got him back at that bus. 
And we screamed as loud as we can, and the Russians louder, and, and we said, go. And we pushed and pushed, and we pushed that bus out of the snow. Yeah. And you know what I told to that bus driver? I had a translator. I said, when he said, you can't, before I said, watch us, I said, our God moves mountains. This bus is not a problem to him. So watch us. And you know what? We need to go with confidence. Not self-confidence. Not self-confidence. In fact, in our weakness, in our weakness, his strength is perfected. So if you feel weak, you know what? Reality check. You are weak. There are giants and lions and tigers and bears and problems and heartache and dilemmas with people that you can't fix. Just say that right with me. I can't fix it. I can't fix it. But God has ways that are supernatural. And he will give us the quiet and confidence to trust him with all of our heart. So we have to face our fears. We have to face the truth. What is the fear factor in your life? In your life, what is the fear factor? I would like you to, to on your paper, write three things that, is, that are fear factors in your life. Don't overthink it. Just the first three things that come to your mind. If I gave you 20 minutes, you could at least write 30. Three things that just come snapping out of your head. Okay. Somebody raise, be brave enough to and raise your hand and tell me what's one of them. Your top one. Yes, ma'am. Stand up. Shout it out. What's your fear factor? You know what? Fear of failure is mine. Fear of failure is my number one fear. Thank you very much. And you know what? If you're not afraid of being a failure, you're kidding yourself. (laughs) Really? There's a natural healthy element that wakes us up, that stops us from being lazy that teaches us to fall on our knees before a living God and ask for his help. But it can't cripple us. Child of God, don't let it cripple you. Somebody else, raise your hand. What is it? Yes. Of course you're afraid of that. You're afraid of that. Of course you are. When we have a prodigal, you, you young moms, you young moms, Sometimes you worry about your kid getting hurt, scraping his knees. You know, that kids won't like him at school. All these things that you have fears. But when your children are grown, it's like your fears even get bigger in some ways. Because their dangers are bigger. The fear factor is there, of course. Somebody else, one more. Somebody share. Be brave. Who, who are you? Raise your hand and stand up. Yes, stand up. Yes. It's too dark. I can't see. Of course, 
Of course, that's one of our fears. This is human reality. We need to face our fears. These are real fears. I, was, I ran into TJ Maxx the other day, and, um, and I was running down the aisles looking for one thing, which I didn't find, but I found this. Like on Monday, I was going to teach this, this lesson on Monday. It, I found this, and it was in the clearance section. No one else wanted it. <laughs> I did. So when I went to the counter and was paying it, um, I said, look what I found. Be brave. She says, yeah. I leaned over and I said, so what's your greatest fear? And you know what she said? It took her three seconds. She said, I'm afraid I won't be happy. Wow. I thought of that answer. I thought of that answer. There. I thought of that answer. And you know, that wasn't just one answer. Do you realize that? That in that moment, in those three seconds, I don't know what was going on in her life, but she probably piled it all together. Piled it all together, placed a flag at the top of her problems, and she realized that all those problems had a strong potential to not make her, what? Happy. I'm telling you, there's a greater risk than just being not happy. Happy is temporal. Fear, fear can make you mean. It can make you mean. Did you realize that? Because we protect, we over our protect. I was in a situation working on a, on a project with a woman. I was assigned to work with her uh, to accomplish a task together. She's, uh, and um, I'm telling you, before she met me, before she met me, she stabbed me in the back. It was like she, and, and for the three months that we were working on this project, I saw her over and over again react in this mode. I am going to hurt you before you hit, hurt me. That's the fear factor. That is the bottom line. And when somebody is outrageous and naughty and ugly to you, you need to go to God, which I did. I said, God, what's, what's the snake under the woodpile? That's the way they talk in Missouri, and that's where I'm from. Where's the snake under the woodpot? What has hurt her? What has made her so fearful that she has to be so mean? So mean. And a few days later, I was with her, and we were working on an inspection. And I just stood there, and I just kind of made small talk. And I said, so tell me about your world. You know, what's your life like? And she said, well, she said, I have a three-year-old child who's handicapped. She cannot move her arms. And she can barely say two words. I melted. And then I looked at her hand and she didn't have a a wedding ring. So she has this huge journey to walk in her life and know when to walk it out with her. That's a fear factor. And you know what? All of a sudden, my attitude toward her changed entirely. Because I realized why she was so mean. 
because she was making her against the world. That's not bravery. That's being a victim of the lies of the enemy. I'm telling you, on your sheet, now look with me. 1 John 4, 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves what? Let me say that again. Fear involves what? Torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Fear does have torment. It torments your thought life and your emotions. And your thought life and your emotions dictate your actions. And that's where trouble comes. The Bible says, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Second Timothy, God says, God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and love and self-discipline, which is also translated self-discipline into a sound mind. The Bible, God himself says, fear not, fear not. So that's not just a saying, that's not just a plaque you can put on your wall. When God says that, it's a command. It's as truly as when he says, do not steal, do not lie. He says, child of God. Do not fear, because fear places us in the clutches of the enemy. We become his vessel. Instead of the flashlight that's a weapon against darkness, he uses us to wound others, to put up our shield, to isolate us, to cause us to have depression, which is really hiding From our fears. Oh, what a wicked web he weaves for us, the spider of our souls. We're to have confidence in God. Romans 8.15, and this is one of my favorites. Right in the middle of that glorious chapter, Romans 8, which I memorized a few years ago and it changed my life. Romans 8.15 says, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry out, Abba, Daddy, Abba, Daddy. We need to tuck under the shadow of his wings. I love that. When I'm scared... I tuck under the shadow of his wings. So when trouble comes, if someone's mean and coming against me, then I know they have to go through God to get to me. This has kind of been a horrendous summer for me. In fact, this has been the year of where I had three mean women. (laughs) Telling you us women, we can be meaner than mean. We can, can't we? Can't we? Okay, my third mean woman was this summer, 
And um, she was being so mean that I woke up in the middle of the night and from about uh, 2.30 to about 6 o'clock in the morning, I was imagining that she was going to shoot me. Yeah. I'd never seen her have a gun. And I don't know if she had ever shot anybody before, but I, I imagined that she was going to shoot me. And I had to see her the next day and, and deliver uh, some news that she didn't want to hear. So I turmoiled about it. And it was actually one of those experiences that was powerful and persuasive. Because when you come to something that's so uh, breaking, the best thing that God can do is give you a breakthrough. Breakthrough. And as I drove to meet her that day, I had just, I got up finally, and I just got on my knees, spent time in God's word. I got armored. I got... Uh, just a sense of his presence. And God said, I want you to count your blessings. I want you to count your blessings, name them one by one. And I started thinking of all the times that God had been faithful to me. All the times that he had showed up. Those were stones of remembrance. And I started placing them in my firm foundation. And I went to that meeting, and all of a sudden, I just felt the presence of God. And I said, God, if this is my dying day, I only have one regret. I was determined to never die with my garage in such a mess. I'd be so humiliated if someone saw my garage today when I die. Don't let this be my dying day. Give me one more chance to clean that garage. (laughs) And then someone can shoot me. And you know what? She didn't shoot me. She didn't shoot me, obviously. And the next day, I was at Ross, and I found this T-shirt. And I bought two of them. And then I went to five other Rosses, and I found another one. So now I have three of these T-shirts. And when I put it on, I feel like I'm flying my colors. I'm flying my colors. Life is not perfect for me. Life is not perfect for me. For you, you are going to face big things. I have some heroes in my life. Janet's one of them. She's one of my heroes. Is she the most beautiful thing you have ever seen? Oh, my goodness. She's one of my heroes. Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And I'm telling you, that is not a promise that he's going to fix all your problems. Because the overcoming he wants to do is not outside of you. The overcoming he wants to do is inside of you. Because to me, I'm my biggest problem. It's the turmoil, it's the storm inside me that can sink my ship. Absolutely. You want me to say that again? It is the storm, it is the turmoil inside of us that will sink our ship. 
we need we need God confidence, not self-confidence. So let's shift now to the truth about safety and confidence and bravery. In Isaiah 30, For thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest, you shall be saved. That does not address the things that will, we think sometimes will fix our situations. Like more money. Like a husband. Or a different husband. <laughs> or a change in circumstances. Do you see that written there? that's going to give you safety. It's in quietness and confidence. God says, stand and see the deliverance of the Lord. Stand and see. Watch him work. This year has been just an amazing time of me watching God work. Working not just outside of me, but inside of me. In quietness and confidence will be your strength. Many times you'll find a plaque at Hobby Lobby that will have this much of Isaiah 30, 15. But the next thing is said, and God himself is speaking, He says, but you would not. But you would not. And you therefore said, no, we'll flee on horses. And we will ride on swift horses. Therefore, those who pursue you will be swift. And I feel like God wants to address this because the truth is, in all my experience, and I love women, I just love, I just, I just think God is so good that he made us women. I do. I think women are beautiful. I think they're amazing. We have strength and bravery in areas that men have nothing, they have no idea about. But I also see many women who bolt. Do you remember that scene in the Bambi movie? And Bambi and his mom were hiding in the thicket. And there were hunters. And they heard shots and they were coming closer and closer. Do you remember that scene? Do you remember that scene? And mama's heart was pounding and pounding and pounding. And and as they got closer and closer, she was safe. She was hidden. But as the the hunters got closer, all of a sudden, she bolted. And she got shot. And I'm just going to say this from the honest part of my heart. I have seen so many women bolt. They bolt from God. They bolt from their marriage. They write off friendships. They leave churches. And they shut down. They shut down. 
It's like Scarlet, if you remember the, the movie Gone with the Wind. She'd faced all this devastation and she stood in front of Tara. The house burnt to a ground and she said, I will never be hungry again. And she became steely. She became a hard-hearted Hannah. And you know what? That's running to your own confidence, to your own self-defense methods. And again, I want to say depression is one of them. You can be hard-hearted, or you can just dive in to self-pity. And that's fleeing. That's not our destiny, child of God. That's not our destiny. God has promises for us. And he wants us to trust in him in a way that we've never trusted before. So I'm going to close. I'm going to close with why. You want to know some whys? You want to know some whys? I'm going to close with some whys because I feel like God wants to... Um, I am so messy up here. I'm sorry. God wants to give us a reason to armor up, a reason to be brave. Um, I'm always afraid I'm not going to find. <laughs> this is my fear factor. Part of my fear of failure is that I'll get up here and I can't find all my messy notes. Mm. I did. Um, I did. Okay. Um, why? Why? Why should be, we be brave? Okay. What are some areas we need to be brave in? Again, love, God did not give us the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Okay, number one, write this. God has given us the courage to love. Love. Wholeheartedly with abandon. Jenny May. You are now released to wholeheartedly love your prodigals. Those annoying prodigals. I'm telling you, they can, they can make you want to run from them. Yes, they ran away first. But we can run and hide. We can be afraid to pray. We can be afraid to love them. Love with abandon. Love with abandon. Don't let your heart get hard and stony because you've been hurt before. You know what? Everyone, give me eye contact. Pain will not kill you. Say that with me. Pain will not kill you. But shutting down and having a stony heart will. Love. Let God use you as the vessel of love. And an uh, uh, outreach of this is to love the lost. To love the lost. I am so not afraid of dying. I'm not. Not afraid of dying. It'll be my graduation day. I don't want it to be when my gar garage is still messy. But other than that, I'm not afraid of dying. But I am afraid of, of some of the people I love dearly in this world dying 
because they are not saved. Do you hear me? And that's a holy fear. You can have that kind of fear, a holy fear, so that you're brave and courageous, first of all, to live the life God's destined you to live. Live that life. Live it. Shine the light brightly. Face your problems and your mountains with God courage. Be bold to share it. Be bold to love those lost people and be bold to share your faith. Be bold to share your faith. Your second sheet that you have is on how to share your faith. How to share your faith. And again, God's given me that burden for the lost and the burden of the lost is bigger than my fear of man. Fear of man. Fear of what, oh, they'll just... They won't believe me. They'll give me a look if I talk about Jesus. You know what? Is that going to kill you? What? No one will answer me? No, it's not going to kill you if they give you a look. You know what? It will not kill you if they reject your message. Because God's not called us to be successful. He's called us to be faithful. I carry two weapons of choice. This is the four spiritual laws, and this is the Gospel of John. I carry them everywhere, in my purse, in my car, in the trunk of my car. I have hundreds of them. And uh, I'll just share, as we close, this will be the last thing. I'm just going to share how to use it. Because part of the reason that we're afraid is because we don't know how, right? Right? Okay, I'm going to break the bank on that, all right? So I use this, the four spiritual laws. Okay, I was um, lost. I was trying to find my way to a certain place the other day. I ran into a little chocolate store, and there was a, like a 21-year-old gal in there, sweet little thing. And I said, could you give me directions? She gave me directions. I ran, still couldn't find it, and I was running late. That's one of my greatest fears, that I'll be late. I'm not afraid of running late because I'm always running late. (laughs) Just afraid of being late. Anyway, so I had to run back into that store. Could you give me those directions again? She gave me the directions again. So I ran and I found my place. And then I had five minutes. Actually, I think I had seven minutes to then get back to catch this bus that I could not miss. But on the way, I felt like the Lord put on my heart, go tell her about me. Go tell her about me. It'll only take you four minutes and three minutes to get to the bus. All right. So I went in and I said, hi, thank you so much. I found my place and I appreciate it so much. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you. you. You tell me how to get to my place. I'm going to tell you how to know God. I said, this little book will tell you how to know God. And you know what? It took her three seconds to have tears running down her face. I kid you not. And she said, how did you know? How did you know 
that I needed this so much. And she looked at me and she said, you knew, didn't you? And I said, I didn't know, but God did. And he put it on my heart to come and said, I must come and tell you. I said, this little book says there's four spiritual laws. And I said, what do you think the one, and this is, this is how I use this all the time. I say, what do you think the number one spiritual law according to God is? I say, in math, there's laws. Two plus two is four. That's a law. In science, there's laws. But in the spiritual world, there's laws. What do you think the number one is? You know what answers? 100% of the time, I get answers like, well, you must love your neighbor as yourself. I said, that's good, but that's number one. Well, you must uh, live a good life. Oh, that's good, but that's number one. Well, uh, I, I, I should love God. That's great, but that's number one. So I open the page and I say, okay, you read to me what it is. You know what it says? God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. And I always say, you know what you did? You put it on you. And God puts it on him. Share your faith. Get out of your comfort zone. It's not walking on water. Well, sometimes it might feel like it. But God wants to use you in this broken world. I'd like you to write down three things that you learn. Three things that you learn. Everybody write down three things that you learn. Okay. In preparations to prayer, um, I just want to share a quick story and read a scripture um, and then send you to prayer. Um, if, if you need to pick up your kids, uh, be sure and slip out about 1130, about 10 minutes. Um, but you can bring them back. Don said that the church is open for us. You can come back to your groups and, and share. You can sit in the back with your kids um, I'm glad we have cement floors. They can, you know, <laughs> run around, have fun. Um, so you can linger because we need to linger sometimes and really visit. Um, it went so well with when I bought this sign. Um, I was in Hobby Lobby yesterday, and um, the lady in front of me was buying a sign that said, Be brave, be kind. I thought, wonder what that's all about. So I said, that's a, that's a great sign. So I said, what's your greatest fear? I thought the survey thing was going good, you know. <laughs> and she looked at me and she said, that's a loaded question. And she turned her back and wouldn't look at me again. And, and I was thinking, wow, what was that about? Maybe it was because she's living her worst fear. And many women are. Did you know that? Many women are living their worst fear. And um, it just broke my heart, and I've been praying for her ever since. I wish she had turned around I would have given her one of those tracks. Um, 
But uh, I did like her sign because you can be brave and be mean where you tromp somebody else. And that's not the point, right? We need to be brave. And kindness is a bravery of itself. So um, I'm going to read you a scripture that's, that we as children of God have confidence in because we know, Romans 8, 28, that all things do work together for good. To who? To those that love God. To who? To those that are called according to his purpose. To be conformed to his image. Verse 31 says, What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? If God did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not freely give us all things? Who shall separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors. How? Through Christ who loved us, right? For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels or principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Who wants to say amen? Who wants to say hallelujah? So close in prayer if you would. Yeah.